Well, today, um, I'm just following the leading of the Holy Spirit, so that's why we got a little music going and what God's having us to do today. Um, today, um, we're going to be talking about consecrating yourselves unto the Lord. And I love the choices of songs today. It was awesome. It went perfectly with what God's speaking today. I was thinking this week, I just, I'm always praying. <laughs> and I was thinking this week, or last week, along the lines of why someone might be dissatisfied in their life or in their walk with the Lord. Um, it was just merely a, a, a quick thought, not dwelling on failure or anything like that, but why would someone be dissatisfied or why would someone feel unfulfilled in their lives or in their call, even if you know what your call is or even if you know what you want to do in life? Why would someone feel still, even if they're setting their hand to some of it, why would they still feel yet dissatisfied? And it was just a questioning in my heart. It wasn't even like a prayer to the Lord. Um, but immediately the Holy Spirit responded to me so clear, like a loud inner audible voice, I guess you could say. Um, he spoke to me and he says, because you must consecrate yourselves. And so then obviously that caused me to dive in to finding out what is he meaning? What is it he's getting at? So I'm going to read to you today and I hope that we, um, got this together correctly, but I've attempted to ask somebody, ask Chad to put the scriptures on the screen because there's going to be so many of them today <laughs> so that um, you don't have to turn to it. You can look right up on the screens. But um, I'm just going to start off with talking about Jesus' life. Jesus obviously was here for a purpose, right? 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose, the Son of God came and he was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came here with a purpose that the Father had in mind for him. And part of that purpose was to come and destroy what the devil was doing here on the earth. And then in John 6, 38, Jesus says and declares to the disciples and the people around him, he says, for I have come down from heaven. And he knew his purpose, not to do the will of, of myself, but to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. So he knew his purpose. Each one of us might come, I hope, by this point, come at some point in your lives to know what your purpose is. You know what your call is. You know what God wants you to do. You know, that might be in, in the secular fields that you have some giftings, you have some, some things in you that, that you get excited to set your hand to that thing. Whether it's like you're an architect or, or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're a pastor or preacher or evangelist or, or whether you're a homemaker. Whatever it might be and, and that's the thing that you're passionate about, that means that that's your gifting. Okay? And so Jesus knew his gifting. He knew his purpose and his call for this life here on earth. And he said, my call, and this is for each one of us, is to do not my will. It's not like what I wake up and what I want to do every day, but it's to do the will of the Father who sent me. So what did Jesus have to do in order every day, in order to do the Father's will? He had to consecrate himself. He had to give himself over and put his own flesh down, put his own self down to say, I'm not going to do my will, but I'm going to do the will of him who sent me. I'm going to fulfill the purpose that God had in mind for me. And if, if we see that in Jesus, because he came here as a man and he submitted himself unto God of his own free will to do the Father's will, then we too, as men and women of God, children of God, priests of God, we too need to submit ourselves to the Father's will, which means also consecrate yourselves to do what the Father wants us to do. So Jesus lived a life separated from the world. Why? Because otherwise the Father couldn't work through him what he wanted to work through him. He knew it had to be a life that was laid down and consecrated and submitted to God in order that God would fulfill what he wanted to fulfill through Jesus. What's consecration or what's to consecrate? It's this, it typically, from the definition of Webster's definition, it typically means to declare sacred or to dedicate formally to a religious or divine purpose, to ordain to a sacrifice or a sacred office. So 
Jesus consecrated himself. He submitted himself to this office. He submitted himself to do the Father's will. And we're to do the same. We're to follow Jesus. We're Christians. That's followers of Christ. So we're to do what the Father did through Jesus. We're to yield to the Father the way Jesus yielded to the Father. Now we're going to dig up some Old Testament here today. But God spoke to me so clearly, and I'm, I'm going to fast forward here. Let's see. He spoke to me this scripture. Listen up, because I'm fast forwarding scripture people back there. <laughs> if I can find it. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to have to come back to it. All right, I can't do it. <laughs> In Numbers 6, 1 and 7, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, and say to them, Whether, whether they're a man or a woman, and they make a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, they must separate themselves to the Lord. He must separate himself from wine or strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink, and shall not drink any juice of grapes or even eat grapes, fresh or dried, all the days of his separation. He shall, not, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, not even the seeds or the skins. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall touch his head until the time of his completion. For, um, completed, for which he separates himself to the Lord, he shall be holy. He shall, not, he shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow long. So in the Old Testament, they took super seriously the call of God upon their lives. When they were set apart to be a priest, and, and they took this, this, this passage, they took this scripture, they took this law from Moses that God had given to Moses, they took it super sacred and serious, and they consecrated themselves unto the Lord. And what God was asking of them here is, is to not be given to what the world's given to. And even to stand apart, he's like, don't take a razor to your head. So we had a lot of long-haired men back then. <laughs> um, but what happened is they took God seriously and they committed themselves fully to doing the work of God. What were they doing? They were putting their flesh down by not giving in to the things that the world gives into. They were saying, Lord, I'm setting myself apart from the world. I'm going to look different than the world looks in my actions and how I present myself. That's what they were doing. They were setting themselves apart. They did this to consecrate themselves, to keep the Lord's commands, and not stray from the purpose of this vow. So when we look at Old Testament prophets, when we look at Old Testament um, mighty men of God, we look at men and even women of God who were so powerful and did mighty works for the Lord. You know, I mean, man, the miracle signs and wonders that they did. And that's the Old Testament What's the difference between, and, and I'm sure we all think about this, what's the difference between God using them through their consecrated lives and us today? What was the difference was they were fully committed to whatever it took to get the job done. They were fully committed because they wanted to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. They weren't half-heartedly doing the job. They weren't just preparing for the Sunday message. They were living it day in and day out, committing, submitting, offering their body, consecrating their body to be a living and holy sacrifice, one that God could use, one that God saw as honorable, now, we we're in a different dispensation, and we can have God live inside of us. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he comes in and makes his abode. His house is our body. We are vessels of the living God. Well, who likes to live, and don't raise your hand, you don't have to, but who likes to live in a dirty house? Hopefully nobody. Okay? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can let it go a little bit. A little bit. 
But then it starts really bothering me. <laughs> and I have to clean house. I don't really like to clean house. And even in our flesh, sometimes we don't like to, to mold ourselves and, and conform and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And when we renew our mind in the word of God, we might see something that is displeasing to God in our lives. So then we got to clean house. And what are you doing? You're laying down your life and you're consecrating yourself to say, yes, Lord, I want to be a vessel fit for your use. I want to do and fulfill the Father's will on earth as it is in heaven. Not my own will, Lord, but your will be done. So what you're doing by doing that, by renewing your mind and by confessing your sin or by getting rid of things and purging your house or maybe your spiritual house of things, you're consecrating yourself to the Lord, submitting to his will so that you can fulfill his plan. So what's the difference between God using um, the people in the Old Testament and nowadays is the difference is so many people, even Christians, sadly, they don't take seriously the fact that we now have an old life. It's supposed to be the old life is gone and now you've got a new life, a new life that's supposed to be consecrated, submitted to do the Father's will. Not my will, that's the Lord's prayer, but your will be done. That's supposed to be our life, a life that's submitted, a life that's offered as a living, holy sacrifice, the kind that he finds acceptable, a house that's clean and pure and holy, one that the Lord can live and move and have his being in and through where there's no sin hindering or blocking the flowing of the Holy Spirit from working in and through us. Sin is a hindrance to God. Why? Because you're, you're, you're torn you're giving in to the world, and yet you at the same time want God. It doesn't work like that. He says, choose this day who you're going to serve. Every day, you got to choose. Am I going to serve the flesh? Am I going to serve the enemy and sin? Or am I going to serve God? Am I going to offer my body as a living, holy sacrifice? Now in Leviticus 20, verse 7, the word of God says, consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Be holy as he is holy. We're supposed to look like Jesus. We're supposed to shine his light, his glory, so that all the world can see who God is. We're not supposed to be hiding under a bushel and look like the world. We're really not supposed to. We are supposed to be like these ones who wouldn't drink like the world drinks, who, who, who didn't shave their head like the world didn't shave their head, who, you know, they, they had certain vows back then that they wouldn't do. Why? Because it would set them apart and people would know. Now, we are in a different dispensation, but we too are not supposed to allow sin into our lives or things into our lives that are going to make us look like the world. And you could talk to God about shaving your head. I don't know. <laughs> I've cut my hair a few times. When I get split ends, i got to do it. But the general thing here, and what God's asking us is every day, consecrate yourself. Present your body as a holy and living sacrifice. In Exodus 19.22, he's talking to the priests. And guess what? We are all priests. We're a royal priesthood. And he's talking to the priests. And let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. In Leviticus 16.32, it says, And the priests whom he shall anoint, if you want to be anointed by God, if you want to be used by God, he says, The priests whom he shall anoint whom, and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead shall make an atonement and shall put on the linen clothes and even holy garments. What's atonement? It's a ceremony, an annual ceremony of confession. It's coming before the Lord. We'll say um, partially it could be um, doing communion, and we're going to do that today. But it's, it's asking God to cleanse you. 
It's making an atonement. It's confessing your sin to the Lord and say, Lord, I've messed up in this place and that place or wherever the Holy Spirit is showing you that you've been doing something wrong. Lord, I've messed up and I ask you and thank the Lord we have the blood of Jesus that we can apply. I've messed up and I ask you um, for forgiveness. I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness and I just apply the blood of Jesus to myself right now. I, I, I confess to you, Lord, right now. I need your blood. I ask you to wash me clean. And here's the thing is, we no longer have to bring bulls and goats to do this atonement, to do this, this ritual of, of, of a sacrifice for our sins. We can come and, and take communion, and that represents the, the lamb of God that was slain for all the foundations from, from now till forever. The blood of Jesus was already shed for us. Okay, he doesn't have to come and die again for our sins. The blood was shed. But the thing is, is it has to be applied. We have to apply it to our lives. He did, yes, die for the entire world, but they have to receive Jesus. They have to confess that Jesus is Lord and receive what he did for them on the cross in order to be saved. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, unless you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he died and rose again from the dead, it says then you'll be saved. So when we as Christians find ourselves feeling blah, unfulfilled, um, maybe um, stagnant in our call of God, or maybe not knowing what our call is, or maybe um, a bench warmer in the church. We're just coming and eating and never bringing something to the table. It's nothing like going to a whole bunch of weddings and crashing them. Right? Free food, eh? But no. We are the body of Christ. The head cannot do what the hand can do. The foot cannot do what the stomach can do, right? We need every part. I'm getting off track. Anyways. So in 2 Chronicles 29, 31 through 33, then Hezekiah said, you have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices. And what we do is we remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave. We, we either ask God to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and or we take communion and remember the sacrifice he made for us and once again apply that to our lives. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the, um, so the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings and all, listen to this, all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. That means not everybody is willing to offer their bodies as a living holy sacrifice. Not everybody is willing to, to, to consecrate themselves and say, I want to be set apart to do what the Father's will is. Not everybody is in a place in their heart where they're willing to lay down their life for God's will. A lot of people, even Christians, want to live for the flesh. Sadly, that's actually choosing the opposite of what God wants for you, and you will be unfulfilled. And you will not fully fulfill, maybe to an extent, but you will not fully fulfill what God has for you, his child. Every one of us are children of God, and every one of us are a child of somebody. And as a good parent, you desire for your kid to fulfill the plan of God for their lives or fulfill, find their call, find what they want to do in life and feel excited about it. Well, that's what God wants for us. But the thing is, is in order to find that, you need to be willing to lay down your own selfish desires on a daily basis and say, Lord, I offer my body today. I consecrate myself today as a living, holy sacrifice. I want to be the kind of vessel that you find acceptable. I want to be found the kind of vessel that you're able to use at any given moment of any given day. But here, not everyone in the Old Testament here when they're talking about it, um, it says, so the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all whose hearts were willing 
brought burnt offerings. So not everybody made the atonement for their sins. Not everybody um, is willing to do communion with the right heart. And, and, you know, before we take communion, God warns us not to do it with the wrong heart, to actually, and it's dangerous, so don't do it. If you're not willing to lay down things and receive the blood of Jesus to cleanse you, don't take communion. But if you're willing to confess your sins, he's willing to faithfully forgive your sins and cleanse you, wash it all away from all unrighteousness and make you right in his sight once again, ready and willing to do whatever the Father's will is. I believe, oh, thank you, Jesus. The Lord showed me something this week, and I didn't realize what it meant, but he told me he's called me to prepare the way for his return. Well, part of that is preparing his people to be ready and fit for the master to use them to then, therefore, because one man cannot do it, to prepare the way and go and bring in the people. But unless we're submitted, consecrated to do the Father's will, they're not going to hear because the minister, you and I, are not willing to go and be sent on a daily basis in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our home, within our family. 1 John 1.9 tells us, confess your sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But we, do we take advantage of that? Do, do we even do that? Or are we just living in a life of sin, repetition of sin, repetition of flesh, and not doing what God said to do in order to receive his forgiveness. Yes, he died for you. But in order to receive his forgiveness, you want to go to him. If you've messed up, did something that's um, not pleasing to him, did something that's dishonorable to him. I tell my, my youngest son, I say, hey, if you're watching something that's displeasing to mom and dad or displeasing to God, and you feel like when you're watching it and we were to walk into the room, you would quickly turn it off, then you shouldn't be watching it. Right? And so... Same thing applies to all of our lives. The only thing is, is we need to have a consciousness that God is with us all of the time. And he sees every single thing that we do, every single thing that we say, and every single thing that we think. And he knows whether you're a vessel fit for his use. He knows if he comes, and he's obviously, if you've received him, he's in you. But he knows if there's going to be something that's stopping and blocking the flow of his spirit from flowing through you. Because he knows if you're yielding to the flesh or yielding to the spirit. This is not to bring condemnation. This is if you desire to be a, a priest, a holy priest, one that is set apart for the master to use you, then this is the key to being a pure and holy vessel ready for and fit for him to use you. It's so simple. Live a life that's pleasing to God. Every day, consecrate yourself. Submit yourself to God to do his will. James 4.8 says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. But listen, we always stop there. How do you do that, people? Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty has been divided between God and this world. Between your flesh and the fulfillment of what the Father desires for you. So if you desire to draw close to God, it's going to be more than just coming to church on Sunday morning. I'm so happy to have you here. Some people decided to stay home today. I know that there's family vacations and things like that during the summer, so no, no blame or anything here. But it's going to take more than just a Sunday attendance. It's not just that. It's a decision in your heart to draw close to God. He wants you to continually wash your hands with the blood of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus. Invite the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct your footsteps so that they're ordered of the Lord and that you're not yielding to the flesh, but you're yielding to the Spirit of God. So if you want to draw close to God, you want to be a vessel for God, you must consecrate yourself. What do you do? How do you do that? You confess your sin. You wash your hands of sin. You wash your hands of being a part of anything that's displeasing to God. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. I started to watch a show that I, I, you, you clearly grieved me on, and I knew it, and I continued to wash it. If God is all over you about it, wash your hands. Don't just live with that and go to bed with that. 
confess your sin. Oh, I missed it. I'm so sorry, Lord. I ask you to cleanse me. Wash me clean with your blood, Lord. So you've got to apply it. It's available to you, but you have to apply it. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. And I'd say one of the songs is really great, Refiner, but it's talking about clean my hands, clean my heart, clean my mind, clean my eyes, clean my mouth, my hands, my feet, because this is a vessel. He could use our hands. He could use our feet. He can use our mouth. He can use our mind, our eyes, our ears. Every part of our vessel is is a facility that the Holy Spirit wants to work through. But when we're filling it with junk from this world, that's a hindrance. That's division. Your loyalty becomes divided. He calls it division. He wants someone that's set apart. He wants us to be like Jesus. He said, I'm here not to do my own will. I'm here only to do the will of him who sent me. And guess what? When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the past, the old man is gone. And now you've submitted and committed to doing the Father's will. And guess what? It's not a burden because it's where you're going to find joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It's where you're going to feel fulfilled doing the Father's will. Doing what God wants you to do. Jesus' blood covered the multitude of sins. That's absolutely true. But the blood must be applied. People out there are dying and lost and going to hell. Does that mean that Jesus' blood didn't work? No. It just means they didn't receive. They're not applying what he did. And the same thing goes for us as believers. We love Jesus. We received him into our heart as our Lord and Savior. I believe most every one of us, probably 95% of us have done that. But once you do that, you want to offer your body, offer your life as a living sacrifice on a daily basis and say, Lord, I consecrate myself today like Jesus did. I want to do what the Father's will is. I want to do what's on your heart, Lord. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to think anything, speak anything, anything that would be displeasing to you, anything that would hinder you from flowing through me, I don't want it. Holy Spirit, strengthen me today. I want to do the Father's will. I consecrate myself to doing the Father's will. And if, you, if you've done any sin before you consecrate yourself, say, Lord, I ask you to wash me clean. I ask you for your forgiveness. And he says he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. So you don't have to be ashamed. It's just every day, give yourself to the Lord. And it'll be less and less that you'll be yielding to the flesh. If you'll give yourself to the Lord on a daily basis. Psalms 4 verse 3. You know the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. You are set apart. Here's what I was talking about. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, Paul's talking to us as believers. I appeal to you. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be like this world. Set apart. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Now we're not to live a life of condemnation. It doesn't mean that you walk around like this with your head up and your nose up. It just means you're yielded. You're willing. And you're not going to give yourself to things that are displeasing to God. Temptation comes, yes. But the, God, but the Lord says to resist the devil. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he will flee. But where we get into to wrong is we start dwelling on that temptation. Or we give place to that temptation. And then we don't yield to God. We yield to that temptation. And the enemy gets a foothold. But no, God says, resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourself to God. We were created as priests, a royal people, a holy nation, acceptable for God to use us. His plan was, in him, I will live and I'll move and I'll have my being. That was God's plan. We were to be vessels of honorable use. 
Do you see, the devil's a deceiver, and he makes us believe that it's, it's, a, it's a burden to yield to God. It's a burden to not give in to our flesh because we don't get to do what we want to do. But really, what becomes the burden is sin. Because it hinders us from the plan of God. It hinders God from being able to fill us. We've now become, you know, divided in our loyalty. God can't use us, therefore we're not fulfilled. We can either be, well, we're all students of God, we'll say. And we all might get the passing grade of D, C, B, A, or A+, right? It's our choice. Some of us are going to slip into heaven with a D-. But you'll get into heaven because you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But will you have fulfilled the fullness of what God wanted you to do here on earth? No. But those of you who will submit yourself to God on a daily basis to get that aid, to put forth the effort, to press forward, to set your hand, to fulfill the plan of God that he has for you. You're doing all you can do to yield to the Holy Spirit and resist temptation. You'll feel fulfilled in this life and be blessed with much in eternity. So again, Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies. He's telling us the key. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So he's saying, this is how you do it. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. How do you do this? Because of the mercy of God. Because he shed his blood for you so you can apply it and be clean. Present your body as a living, holy sacrifice so that he can find it acceptable. This is the way, true way to worship God. So ask yourself this. Is what I'm offering the Lord on a daily basis, is this acceptable? Is my house clean for the King of kings and Lord of lords to live through? I don't think we think about that very often. We think, and, and if we don't, we're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about what we want to do. We're thinking about our flesh. Now, God blesses with many things. Like I said, I'm not getting you into condemnation here whatsoever. God blesses with a family. God blesses you with your home or with your blessings in this life. But the thing is, is those things shouldn't have you. God should have you, and those things should just follow you, like Austin was saying. If you seek first and consecrate yourself first to the kingdom of God and his plan and his purpose and to live righteously because that's what's pleasing to him, stuff is going to follow you, but it shouldn't be your concern. Our concern should be to do the Father's will. Am I a vessel? Am I a house that's clean and ready and fit for the master to use? Listen. Imagine... I've used this analogy before, but I think it's funny. <laughs> Imagine a bride and a groom. They're excited. They're getting married. It's one week away. This is kind of gross, but I mean, they play football. The guys, they're playing football. It's their bachelor thing. The girls are, are out swimming, sunbathing, and, and whatever. Maybe cleaning the house, scrubbing, getting things ready. And when we scrub, we do sweat a little bit. Or maybe you're gardening, you're pulling weeds and you stink, right? Um, maybe you're mowing the lawn, right? So you go all week and you're doing all this stuff to prepare for the wedding, and not once do you think to shower. You're preparing for the wedding, a bride and groom, and on their wedding day, well, the bride tried her dress on about a week ago, and then she did all this stuff while wearing her dress. Now it's torn, tattered, dirty. The groom is stinky. But they come to that wedding. They come into that commitment, and they're dirty. They're not presentable. They're stinky. Oh, people, we are the bride of Christ. What kind of offering are we giving him? We're coming into commitment and saying, Lord, I want you to use me. But what are we presenting 
to him. Something dirty, something worn and torn, something stinky, something that had been given to the flesh, something that we didn't even think to cleanse and prepare for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, for the Prince of peace to use. Because when we do that day after day without applying the blood of Jesus, without confessing our sin, without yielding and submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit so that he can lead us and guide us so we can resist temptation, when we do that, when we forget to cleanse ourselves, when we don't wash our hands of sin and come near to the Lord, we're presenting the Lord with a dirty, stinky, unprepared vessel, not fit. For the master to use. Do you see how serious this is? I, I, I get why they took it so seriously. Because everybody looked up to them. The priests were set apart as holy. They were looked at. They could come to them because they knew that they could hear from God. Why could they hear from God? Why could the people depend on those priests to hear from God for them? Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. How come they could hear they didn't have sin in their lives. And if they did, you would hear the, the clanging of the bell stop. Because they went into that place, that holy place, without cleansing themselves, without making the atonement for their sins. Oh, how much do we do that? Yes, the blood was already shed. The sacrifice has already been made. But you still have to apply it. You still have to confess your sins so that he can be faithful and just to forgive you. You still, if you want to draw close to God, you want to come into this place, wash your hands. Apply the blood of Jesus. Ask God to forgive you. Why? Because it prepares you to be used for the master. This is a refilling station. And if you want to be filled up, empty out. Because what you're doing here is you're refilling yourself for the master to use you. And then the rest of the week, you're supposed to be yielding to the Lord so that the master can use you. And if you mess up, you have an advocate with Jesus. Wash your hands. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Purify me. I messed up. Return to me, Lord, and I thank you. Return to me. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen, chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his very own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's called us not to be like the world. He's called us out of that old life and into the new. He's called us to shine our lights so that the world may know. You get it? You're a chosen priesthood, a holy nation called out of that old way. We're not to be like the world. We're supposed to be separated, separate, set apart, holy and ready and fit for the master to use and shine through, to show the way. Why would someone follow you if you're doing the very same things they're doing? They would continue doing, if, even if they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they'd continue in a, in a lifestyle that is lost, and they'd continue being unfulfilled because of your example. No. When we share the love of Jesus Christ, we also want to shine the light and show the way. He says, go make disciples of all men. What does that mean? Live a life that's consecrated so that they can follow you. That's why Paul was able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. If you're not consecrating yourself, you shouldn't have anybody follow you because you're going to lead them down the wrong path. I don't want to lead anybody astray. So you got to consecrate yourself. Say, Lord, I submit myself to you. I submit and consecrate myself to you, to doing your will, to resisting temptation, resisting the lust of the flesh. Romans 6.13 says, don't present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. That's what he considers it. It's, it's presenting your hands, your feet, your mouth, whatever you're using to sin. It's presenting your members of your vessel as instruments of sin. But he says, present yourselves to God 
as those who have been brought from the death to life. And your members present them to God as instruments of righteousness so that he can use you. So that he can work through that instrument. In Joshua 3.5, he says, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. What is he saying? God wants to use you tomorrow. And I'm saying it to you today. God wants to use you tomorrow. So today I urge you, consecrate yourself to the Lord for the master to use you. You have been translated out of darkness. Now you're to live in the light as he is in the light. Let that light shine for all men to see. Because the Lord wants to do wonders, miracles, signs, and show the way through you. He wants you to be ready for the master to use you. And I love that because the most miraculous things that have happened in my life were when I didn't plan it. When I wasn't We'll say I was prepared spiritually, but I wasn't prepared that I knew it was going to happen. I didn't go out looking for something miraculous to happen. I was just living life, but on a daily basis, living to please the Lord. And then the Lord saw me fit to use. And the miraculous took place. We can all be ready and prepared. We don't have to be, and I'm not putting this down whatsoever, 100% we should go out into all the world and preach the gospel. But... We should all be ready and prepared at all times, whether we're doing the dishes, whether we're gardening. We were outside cooking, grilling some burgers, and our neighbor came over and were able to minister to him yesterday. Like, you could be doing your daily things that you always do, but if your heart and your life is ready and fit for the master to use you at any given moment, the light can shine through you. I was in the dollar store yesterday, and I got to pray for this little baby who couldn't breathe. He was on a oxygen machine. Why? Because the compassion of Jesus came over me and I just reached out. How many times do we see somebody that's hurting or lost or sick or, or whatever? If we're not ready or we're not available or we're in a hurry, we can't minister. Jesus, I'll say, can't minister through us because we're not prepared. But if we keep our lives clean, we'll be ready at any given moment on the job, in the supermarket, whatever we're doing, at our own house, doing our own yard work, grilling for our own family, not looking for it, but always available. And that's when the supernatural takes place. 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, you were bought with a price. So now glorify your God in your body. You were already purchased. You gave your life for the price that he paid. You yielded to him when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So now glorify God in your body. Submit your body to him as a living holy sacrifice. In Romans 6.19, he says, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you are just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, in other words, that was your old life, now I ask you, present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification, leading to a life that's consecrated and submitted and sacred to the Father's purpose. In James 4.4, he says, you adulterers, <laughs> He's pretty powerful about this subject. If we yield to the flesh after receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're living just to please ourselves, he calls us adulterers. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to enjoy life. It doesn't mean we're going to stop doing what we do to, to provide for our families. It doesn't mean you're going to stop going to the grocery store because you're going to spend all your time on your knees. In fact, I've heard of ministers being scolded from the Lord because he said, I didn't call you to spend 24 hours a day in prayer, in the word, on your knees. I called you to do whatever I tell you to do. 
So there's a, there's a balance of things in life. We're supposed to enjoy life, but while enjoying life, we're continually yielded to be available for the master to use us. In 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21, he says, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, in other words, utensils of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. You know, we've got spatulas that are plastic. We've got ones that are silver. Um, we've got um, different kinds of, you know, we've got some plastic wear for those cookouts, you know. And he's saying there's different kinds of vessels or utensils. Some of them are for honorable use. Like you have special guests over, you're going to get your best stuff out. Um, if you're having a cookout with people that you're really, really personable with, you're going to get the plastic wear up. <laughs> so you don't have to do dishes. I'm going to do that today. Anyways, it's true. But they're honorable guests. Um, but anyways, he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, from what's dishonorable, if you'll wash your hands, if you'll commit and, and consecrate yourself and apply the blood of Jesus and confess your sin, you'll be a vessel of honorable use, set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. What you want to do on a daily basis is invite him to cleanse you. Lord, I commit, submit, I consecrate myself today to do your will. Lord, I offer my body today, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my mind, my heart, my innermost being, my hands, my feet. I offer it to you today. I give this to you as a living, holy sacrifice. And I apply the blood of Jesus that it would be a holy sacrifice so that you can use me, Lord. Ready for your use today, Lord. I consecrate myself. I invite you, Lord, to cleanse me so that I can be acceptable for your use. David understood this because we see awesome things God did through David and we see downfalls of David. But we also see the confession of sin in David. And that's incredible. That's an encouragement to us who have made some mistakes, right? We're not perfect, but thank the Lord we have an advocate through Jesus Christ. Now we should be striving for perfection. We should be striving to, be, to live a life holy and acceptable. But if we fall, if we get deceived, the Holy Spirit will get all over you if you're trying to live right. You won't be able to have peace until you confess and let him wash you clean. And that's all you need to do. And then you can start fresh and clean for the master to use you. So in Psalms 51.10, David shows us what to do. Pray this way. Create in me, Lord, a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Ready. Renew a spirit within me ready to do your will. Ready to do your desire, not my own. Would you desire if we had you over for... This doesn't happen very often, by the way. <laughs> Not because of me, but because of Clayton. But it's a good thing. Um, we had some dinner last night. We'll say I didn't use plasticware, even though we did. But we'll say I didn't. And I cook dinner, and we have people over, and we have a lot of dishes in the sink. And they get left in the sink overnight. Do you ever have dishes in the sink overnight? Do you ever have pots and pans in the sink overnight? What happens? Crusty, right? Nasty, crusty. Now, how would you like it? Now, we have extra silverware, but how would you like it if we invited you over for dinner today? We don't have enough to please everybody, so sorry. You have to find your own meal. But if we had you over for dinner today, would you prefer us get out the clean silverware? Or would you prefer the silverware that was in the sink from overnight? Awesome. <laughs> You'll take the fresh, right? Why do we think if that's what we would want, why do we think it's acceptable to give God a utensil that's dirty and crusty that's not ready for the master to use? Why do we think that's presentable? It is not. If 
you want to be fulfilled in life, you want God to lead and guide and direct your footsteps, and you want to fulfill the Father's plan for you were created in your mother's womb before you were formed, I set you apart as a prophet to the nations, God told Jeremiah. Well, in other words, God has set you and I apart to do what he created us to do, but you'll never step fully into that unless you're living a life that's presentable as a utensil fit for him to use you. And some of you are used a lot already, but the thing is, is God wants to use you even more if you'll consecrate yourself on a daily basis to him, to not yield to your flesh, not yield to your behaviors or your negative responses or your criticalness or your whatever it is that the flesh wants to respond with, but yield to the Holy Spirit to where you're responding the way Jesus would respond. You're saying, you're doing what Jesus would do with humility. To not receive glory or honor, but to give the Father glory and honor. Jesus didn't even steal any of the glory. He constantly pointed his way to the Father. When we start stepping in, this is a little warning, but when you start stepping in and the Father is using you, you start stepping into the call of God, you start yielding to yourself to, and doing this, consecrating yourself, God is going to start using you to a greater degree. Never steal his glory. Give it all to him. We can do nothing in ourselves. The power is his. Why do I say that? Because you're, if you'll do this, you're going to step over into the fullness of what God has for you. And you should never steal that glory because you're going to step into the glory that enables you to do what the Father has called you to do. And mighty things are going to take place. But always give God the glory. It will increase. I'm getting there. This is important. Isaiah 1, 16 through 20 says this. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. He's given us instruction on how to do this. Seek justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Why? Because he washes us clean. Though they were red like crimson, they shall be white like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, this is the way to receive fulfillment. This is the way to be used by God. This is the way not to be destroyed by by sin and death and hell. So the Lord says in Leviticus 20, verse 7 again, Consecrate yourselves, therefore. Be holy as I am holy. Oh, Lord, there's so much. I'm almost done. In Exodus 30, 30, Moses is doing this. He is setting people apart. He is anointing people for the master to use them, for the Lord to use them. And he's anointing Aaron and his sons. And he says, you shall, the Lord speaks to Moses, you shall anoint Aaron and his sons, and you shall consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. And like I said, we're all priests. We're all called to be priests. We're all a holy nation, a royal people that should be consecrated and submitted to him to do the Father's will. In Exodus 19.10, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today for tomorrow and tomorrow and let them wash their garments. In other words, you have something to do, guys. Today, I believe God wants me to anoint you. But first, we must submit to him. We must consecrate ourselves and say, Lord, I ask you to cleanse my heart. Cleanse my vessel. Cleanse me from what is unrighteousness. I just apply the blood of Jesus. I receive Jesus, what you did for me upon the cross. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior, and I apply the blood of Jesus. I ask you to wash me clean. And then we take communion, and God cleanses us. And then we say, Lord, I submit. 
I yield, I consecrate myself to do your will. He says in Colossians 3, 5 through 14, which I'm not reading all of it, put to death, therefore, what's earthly in you, sexual immorality. In other words, you're surrendering this to the Lord. Impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living that old way. But now, he says, put them all away. Put them away with anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talking from your mouth. Don't lie to one another. But put away this old stuff. Put away this practice. And he's telling us, submit yourself to God. He says in Romans 6.16, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to do? Whatever you choose to obey, you're a slave to. You can be a slave to sin, and it leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, and that leads to righteous living. God wants to do a work in you today, and all we have to do is say, yes, Lord, come. Create in me a clean heart. I give my heart, I give my life to you for you to use me. The Lord tells us, consecrate, tells Moses, consecrate yourselves, consecrate them to me because I want to use them. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 5, he says, Now who's willing, and I believe he's asking you this day, who's willing to consecrate yourselves to the Lord today? For those of you, and, and I know this is said many times, oh, she used so much Old Testament, that doesn't apply to us today. I, I thought that just, I was like, what if people think that? And the Lord responded immediately with this scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, for all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. And God is, uses it to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, to correct us when we're wrong, and to teach us to do what is right. All scripture is given by God for this. So the reason we're using these many, many Old Testament, also New Testament scriptures is to show us this is the Father's will for you. Why? Because he wants your life blessed and he wants your life fulfilled and he wants to fulfill what he wants to fulfill through you. But it has to be through a consecrated, yielded vessel. So will you consecrate yourself today to the Lord? Will you yield to the Lord you guys can get the communion ready to hand out. Or you can start handing it out. So what do we need to do then right now? I'm going to lead you in a prayer first for those of you who don't know the Lord yet. You haven't received Jesus as your personal Lord or Savior. Or you need to recommit your hearts to the Lord then just mean this prayer from the bottom of your heart and the Lord will wash you clean and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord, but you've, you realize because of this message, it is a powerful one, it is a strong one, but God's serious about it. It's, it's time that these people in the world know that our God is God and the way he's gonna do it is through shining a light through you. And in order for the, sh the light to shine brightly, we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to stop yielding to the flesh and start yielding to God. So just repeat this prayer after me, and let's prepare our hearts. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that without you, Jesus, I'd be lost in my, and dead in my trespasses and sins. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive today, Jesus, what you did for me upon the cross. I receive you into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you. I thank you that you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And you make me new today. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. And all things have become new. 
I thank you, you're my Lord and you're my Savior. And if you're here today and you already know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, just search your heart and pray, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Lord, show me anything in my life that has been displeasing to you. Say this to the Lord. Say, Lord, show me anything in my life that's been displeasing to you. And then go ahead and just confess that to the Lord. Ask God to forgive you. Ask him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Ask him to purify you with the blood of Jesus.